Foodie Films is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Well, hey, Joey. Thanks for coming to a short order session. I know it's been... uh... Right before we started recording, I I pointed out that on, you know, we're chatting via Discord and our last chat on here, at least on the Foodie Films channel, because obviously I've been on some of your shows, uh, Mm -hmm. was on July 24th, 2018, and, uh, well, it is... Wait, 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 so actually, this episode's going to come out on July 24th of this year. It... So it won't be a year between the episodes. It'll wow, be a year between babe. recording and Look release. At that. <laughs> yeah, I'll be gallivanting in Europe and this episode will come out. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Uh yeah, obviously I mean I mean, I've been wanting uh wanting to have you back on. We had you on for such a great episode, Butter, you know. Butter. Butter. Uh not the best movie. You do own nope. it though. That's actually how I like when I was perusing I at the Cage Club barbecue you had in summer of 2018. I was perusing the inaugural one. The yes. inaugural one, exactly. There has been another since. Uh, but uh, you have just such an amazing DVD Blu-ray collection, and I was trying to see how many like foodie films, and all of a sudden I saw, you know, I mean, hey, there's food-related titles out there that mm-hmm. aren't about food, but butter was about a butter competition, a butter yeah, carving, carving competition. competition. Yeah. Yeah. With the amazing Olivia Olivia Wilde, who has since gone on to do such great things in directing Booksmart and stuff, and you can catch our episode. I, I talked to Brian, your your buddy Brian, over on High School Summer Party, but we we had no idea last summer when we talked about that movie that she would go on to make one of everybody's favorite movies of the year. I know that's pretty pretty crazy. So I mean, speaking speaking of movies, I mean, so Booksmart that's one of them. Any. Uh, and where where are some of your favorites? We're almost right. We're almost like we're halfway through the year. Oh, yeah. uh, so what have been some of your favorite films this year? Uh, you, even if you've seen some old ones you hadn't seen before, but maybe some ones in theaters. So my favorites this year have been The Beach Bum, which we've covered for Zack Attack, oh, which I is the Matthew McConaughey yeah. one. Yeah. Boy, oh boy, it's wonderful. Booksmart, Midsummer, Endgame, which I know you talked a lot about Endgame here and there on your. Uh, third times a charm episode, or no, you no, your your two high school summer party episodes, correct, and yeah. just sort of you know here and there. You talked a little bit about it on our too fast, too forever. You were just on, and also Toy Story four. Those were my favorites. The one that I think is going to stick with me the most, maybe, is this movie called Climax, which is a Gaspar No movie, which is a French movie. It made me physically ill. Like it was. <laughs> That's. It's, it's basically okay. a literal nightmare, and it is terrifying. And I loved it. Um, so more terrifying. Yeah. I heard Midsummer was, you know. Gonna Midsummer be like a... is a little bit different. I mean, it was. It's made by the guy who did Hereditary. And I think Hereditary is definitely way scarier. I don't think that this is supposed to be as scary. I think this is supposed to be like this beautiful, ah. uh, you know, sense. You know, it just because it's it's lush and it's. Gorgeous. Is it but... Wicker Man? You are the Cage Club man. Is it Wicker Man esque? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like I think it's supposed to be that, and I I think it's it's very predictable. But I've been reading things that say it was it's intentionally predictable. Like it's kind of just like a oh you know what's coming from the very time. Like it's just a bunch of white people go to. I mean they go to a, a you know a, a predominantly white country, but like it's just like outsiders going to this country 
this ancient, ancient you know, ritual festival, and bad things are going to happen. Uh, so you kind of you kind of know that going in, right? Gotcha. Um, and so I don't think it's as surprise. Like Hereditary has things in that I'm like, I don't know. I have no idea what's coming next. This you feel like, oh, things are going to break bad for these people in a hurry, and they do because it's a horror movie of sorts. Mm-hmm. But it's not as surprising. It's not as scary then as Hereditary. But I love both of those movies. I just, you know, I've never been a big horror guy, but I'm... You and I'm, Brian both. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, I don't know. There's already too many, like, scary, horrible things out there, so if I'm going to be Very true. watching something, I guess I'd like to entertain myself. But at the same time, I, I mean, I'll watch, like, a sad movie. I guess, honestly, with, I mean, because more horror... I mean, obviously, there's some great horror films coming out. I mean, I, I did see um, Us uh, mm-hmm. this year, uh, but... I just, I don't like gore. So I almost like want to, like, I, w- I would always like to, I mean, like you, I mean, I don't, you, you avoid a lot of trailers and, yeah. you know, all that. And which is, which is great. And while I don't do it to that extent, I mean, I, I like, I try, I try to avoid stuff, but at the same time, when it comes to horror, I would like for like there to be, to read something to be like, yeah, it's like this kind of horror. Like you aren't going to be right. getting like, <laughs> like the, you know, a movie, like, let's say like the descent when there's like compound fractures and like oh, things, yeah. you know, so midsummer, you're, you're, there's some stuff in there that you're not going to want to see. I can almost, I can tell you that already. Okay. Uh, yeah. Like the other thing is it's two and a half hours long. There's a director's cut. That's going to be, I think oh. three or three plus hours long that the original cut was almost four. He had to cut it down. He cut it down again. There's going to be a three-hour cut that Ari Aster is putting out, uh, I guess, for the Blu-ray, possibly. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of... It's like it's kind of like the slow burn, but there are definitely things in that movie that if you're uncomfortable with body horror and uh, you know so things similar to compound fractures and stuff like that, you're going to probably want to avoid it. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, I eat enough barbecue already. I don't need to see, like, ribs <laughs> and, like, meat being pulled off of bones and everything. So, um, yeah, out of all, so out of all those films you just stated, I think the only one I've seen so far is, uh, is, uh, Endgame. I'm, I'm, I'm slacking. I've seen, but I, I mean, this summer I've seen Endgame. I saw Far From Home. I still need to see John Wick 3. Mm-hmm. I need to see Toy Story 4, but I can't go to, I mean, did you? Did you see it with anybody? No, I I see most movies alone. I yeah. I just you know a, a long time ago I was like I need to go to the movies with people and then I think basically getting movie pass I was like oh no nobody's gonna see ten movies a month with me or whatever you know at my oh yeah that's peak. a good point yeah so I'm just like I'm just gonna go see movies when I want to see them and if people want to go cool like uh you know the podcast is now sort of on hiatus but there is rumors there's rumblings of a tub talk sort of reunion not for an episode but to go see the new tarantino movie together but like i rarely see movies Uh, with people yeah so it's one of those where it's like oh this is kind of like a special occasion sort of it's a movie we're talking about on our text thread let's see if we can go uh find a theater that we can all sort of get to you know, without having to drive crazy distances and see the movie together so that's rare though i see most things by myself i saw toy story by myself uh, end game by myself, Midsummer, Booksmart, Beach Bum, all by myself. Just, you know, I know what I want to see. And also, it's nice to talk about things after the movie, but you're not talking during the movie. You know what I mean? So, yeah, exactly. No, yeah. Well, that's why they always say movies are, like, not the best, like, you know, first or second or even third date sure, kind of thing because yeah. you're not really communicating with people. But, yeah. Um you know, like, I, 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 I go to the movies, I mean, well, I don't go to the movies as much as I used to for some reason. I don't know why. 
but I, d I do go to the movies alone a lot just because I also have a very random schedule of video production. So if all of a sudden I'm just like, you know what, like I'm bored, I just want to do something, let me go to the movies. Like it's kind of like a last minute decision kind of thing. But uh, I mean, I'm I'm really looking forward to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That that probably that and Star Wars. I mean, now that Endgame has passed, uh, are my two most uh, anticipated films. That Once Upon a Time. I mean, so did, have you seen anything for it? I know the uh, Brad Pitt making fun of Bruce Lee for saying his hands are registered as deadly weapon. Like I know like little lines little from the trailer. Because the, the trailer okay. is basically before every movie you see in theaters, right? So like it's everywhere. And yeah. so I know lines here and there, but I don't really kind of I I know it's about the Charles Manson era, but not quite about that. I know Margot Robbie plays uh, Sharon Tate. I know that the guy from Justified, whose name I'm forgetting right now, who plays Charles Manson, something else is also playing Manson here. Like I know it's about that era and just yeah, like Hollywood. It's a, yeah, it's about but the summer know, '69. That's and literally all. all I know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, honestly, the tra it's a trailer that doesn't give you much. It really doesn't. It just it it kind of lets you see a little like the kind of the relationship between Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt. And then everything else is just kind of like flashes of characters. So it really, gotcha. it really, really hasn't given a lot, but which is exciting in its own right. And then Tarantino, Tarant you know, I mean, Tarantino, I forget how long ago, definitely before Hateful Eight, um, he stated 10 and done, you know, as far as he's going to make 10 films and he's going to retire from filmmaking, at least he's talking about still writing or stage stuff, or maybe even now he's being a bit more ambiguous because they released Hateful Eight, I think, is like six episodes. I think it was four. They did four? like four okay. almost hour long. They did like a sort of a TV cut on yeah, Netflix. Yeah, on Netflix. And so he's been a bit more ambiguous, like in his, you know, the way he's phrasing his sentences. And so maybe. Netflix would also be something he would continue doing. But still, I mean, if he's doing 10 and done, he's got one after this. But then he has also said a statement like, oh, if this one is good enough, I feel like he's really, I feel like he would really, he really wants to win, like, best director and best film with this, which is, I don't know, very, uh, we'll see, we'll see how the movie is. But I feel like if that happens, he might technically retire after this, at least from theater filmmaking. You know, I hope not, but I know that he's never really going to go away. I know he's also said on this press tour or while while cutting the movie that he wants to recut Django. He's got a longer version of Django that he wants to put oh, out. Oh, yeah, I've heard that I too, know yeah. that he has shown in the past uh, the Kill Bill, the whole bloody affair, which is the two movies in one, with some stuff taken out and some stuff extended, so I really want to see that. Like, I feel like he might, even if he's like, I'm only going to make one more movie, there's a lot of things that he could do with stuff that he's already put out to keep his name in the public lens and... You know, like you're saying, with TV or with plays or books or st the Star Trek movie keeps talking about. Like, he's not going away. And plus, it's not like he makes a movie every year. Like, the last movie he made was, what, three years ago? So it's, you know, it's not... I, I would love him to keep making movies, but it's not... You know, it's not like he's always in our face about, like, it's not, you know, Nicolas Cage putting out eight movies in a year, which we love. <laughs> it's like it's like he makes one movie every three years, so maybe he makes another one in three years, and then... After the who knows, like there's plenty of time. Yeah, he falls life. he falls into the Kubrick into the P.T. Anderson camp of just like they're auteur filmmakers, and when something inspires them, they'll make something. Definitely. 
Um, I'm just looking through IMDb right now because I'm like, oh, I wonder what else like is coming, uh, you know, like out. So the so one you... that I, the movie that I'm most looking forward to, and I don't know if it's going to be my favorite movie of the year, but it's definitely going to be up there. And Hobbs and Shaw. It's, it's, well, Hobbs and Shaw for sure, <laughs> uh, which is going to be out next week as you listen to this. Ah. If you're in the New York area and want to join the Too Fast Too Forever family, go to Too Fast Too Forever on Facebook, and we have a link to where you can buy tickets to the showing we're seeing. But anyway, you're not going to be there, unfortunately. You're no, going to be doing be fun things in Europe. But, exactly. <laughs> but your your podcast partner, Brian, will be there, and Mr. Mike Manzi will be there, and a whole bunch of other people will be there. So it's going to be very exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is a movie that is going is written and directed by Charlie Kaufman uh, called oh. uh, I'm Thinking of Ending Things. It's based on a book. And I read the book last year, and I actually just read the book again this year, because I think... When I heard that he, you know, because I love Charlie Kaufman, I love, you know, adaptation, I love everything that Charlie Kaufman has written. Uh-huh. Um, when I heard that he was going to adapt this book into a screenplay, I was like, oh, if it's interesting enough for him to want to adapt, I would imagine I would probably enjoy reading it. And I, I read it and I loved it. But what I'm most looking forward to about it, it's going to be a Netflix movie starring Jesse Plemons. Uh, and I think okay. it was originally going to have Brie Larson, but it, she dropped out. Um, so now it's this other woman. I don't remember. Her name is, oh, Jesse Buckley. So it's Jesse Buckley and Jesse Plemons. A couple of Jessies in the lead. <laughs> but I'm most interested in it. It's going to come out on Netflix sometime later this year. I don't know how he's going to adapt this because the story is a a couple, a guy and a girl, are going to the guy's parents' farm Mm. uh, for dinner. Like they just started dating like a couple months ago or whatever. And the so we already got a foodie scene. (laughs) Well, yes, there is a there's a very weird foodie scene. There's actually a couple weird foodie scenes in this book. This this book is like I know that I'm sort of sidetracking myself, but it is the most uncomfortable, like just like there's like this sense of looming dread in this book. Mm-hmm. And I, the end, there's, there's a thing that happens at the end that a lot of people don't like that I accept just because it is so unsettling to read this book. But anyway, the first line of the book is I'm thinking of ending things, which is the title. And it's all told from the, the mind, the thoughts of the girl, of the woman. And she's saying, she thinks she's going to break up with the guy. They're going to meet his parents for the first time. Uh, you know, she's not sure if she should go because she's not sure you know, this is really working out. And so the the book is essentially they're driving to the dinner, to the parents' house. They have dinner, and then they leave, and then sort of the drive back. Okay. And that's the book. Uh-huh. And there's flashbacks, and there's sort of how they met and everything like that. But there's, in terms of really set pieces, there's like four or five like places plus flashbacks. And most of that is in the car. Like, if you told this narratively in in the movie, like, in a two-hour movie, probably, like, an hour or more would be in the car, which I don't, like, that wouldn't fly. Like, there's been movies that have done that. Like, uh, Tom Hardy did that movie Lock, which is him on the phone, which I didn't find enjoyable, but I find admirable because I'm like, oh, this is just one actor on screen. Yeah, absolutely. But I am... Or Colin Farrell in Phone Booth. Yes. <laughs> Which was directed by someone crazy. Hold on. Or Isn't it like Joel someone? Schumacher or something like that? Or no. Phone Booth, directed by Joel Schumacher. What am I? Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but I'm just really fascinated because yeah, I Joel love Charlie Schumacher, Kaufman yeah. so much. And I want to know how to basically turn this thing that feels unadaptable into a movie that is going to be weird and cool and 
you know, mind bendy. You know what I mean? So yeah, I'm definitely. looking right forward guy. to that more than anything else. So yeah. keep an eye out for that on Netflix later this year. That's cool. That totally went under my radar. So now I'm really yeah. looking forward to that. I just again continuing looking at IMDb. I would say I'm also looking forward to Jojo Rabbit because it just sounds like yes. the craziest movie mm-hmm. of all time. Mm-hmm. Just in the sense of it's so it's, it's you know directed by. Uh, Taika Waititi, I believe that's how you pronounce mm-hmm. his name, uh, and it's and it is starring him and Scarlett Johansson, and I don't believe the little boy has been in anything big before, but I mean, takes place in World War II, and the little boy has an imaginary friend, which is Hitler, played by Taika Waititi, of and uh, yeah, so it sounds like I think they must be. Um, oh God, why am I blanking on the? Um, What's the rabbit film, uh, imaginary rabbit film? With, Harvey? Uh, Harvey, thank you. I feel like it's just the fact that it's like Jojo Rabbit. I feel like there's a bit of like a... They're trying to pull some ties into the story Very of Harvey possible, right yeah. there. But, uh, but the fact that it's... I mean, it, it's just, it just—it sounds very interesting. And I, don't, I obviously, I don't think someone like him is going to make a... Um, I mean, it could be offensive to some people. I just don't think it's an outright decision to be like offensive, and he's trying to offend anybody. I guess is what I'm is what I'm saying. Yeah, I, he seems like know, a very I, conscious I, filmmaker. I have faith in him as a, a filmmaker to do that. A couple other movies I'm really looking forward to this year. Uh, the first trailer just came out, but of course I don't watch trailers. But Knives Out by Ryan Johnson. Oh yeah, I great. saw that. I saw that right before the um, uh, Spider Man. Far from home, and that mm-hmm. was that trailer was really good. That got me excited. There is a movie coming out called Paradise Hills, which stars Emma Roberts, which has been described as like one of the most beautiful looking movies of the year, which I'm very excited for. Mm. I don't know if it's going to be good or not. Like I've heard, I'm hearing mixed things in terms of whether it's good, but I'm just very much looking forward to that. Um, uh, uh, Uncut Gems, which is the new Safdie Brothers movie starring Adam Sandler. They're the guys who did uh, Good Time which is that Robert uh, Pattinson yeah. movie from a couple years yeah. ago, which was awesome. Um, cool. The Lighthouse, speaking of Robert Pattinson, oh, uh, the yeah. guy who did The Witch, whew, doing that. And then there's one more that I want to find the name of. It is called Ready or Not, uh, which comes out this this fall. I don't know if it's a comedy or a horror or both, um, but it's uh, starring Samara Weaving. Um, and it's she she marries into a family and they have to play like this, like the night of her wedding, she has to play this like hide-and-seek game. I think it becomes like this horror movie. But like there are, you know, there's... There's obviously the movies that everybody's excited for, you know, Star Wars and Marvel yeah. movies and stuff that really kind of don't need more publicity yeah. or press. But Joker, yeah. Yeah, but there's movies that I'm really, the stuff that I'm most excited for, I think, is the stuff that I feel like I'm going to, like, I, I don't know that Marvel's ever going to make a bad movie, right? Like, Marvel has figured out what works. Yeah, and... they'll always make an entertaining movie. You know, I loved Endgame because Endgame was this really wholly, fully satisfying conclusion to 22 movies or 23 movies or whatever. But as a movie, I don't know if it's a great movie or not. You know, Far From Home I enjoyed, but I don't know if it's a great movie. Like, I feel like I'm going to really like all of their movies, but I don't know if they're ever going to be my favorite movies. But these sort of weird kind of indie, you know, straight to Netflix or indie theater or VOD or whatever, this is sort of where I like to live and just sort of find these underappreciated or underknown things and try to champion them um, to my little tiny, tiny uh, sphere of influence around me. 
Yeah, they're definitely be not, you know, being highlighted less and less. Like, you know, you don't see trailers for films like that. Like, I just happened to see on maybe it was Slash Film or wherever I read about movies about, uh, you know, uh, is it Lighthouse or The Lighthouse? The Lighthouse. The Lighthouse. And I saw stills from it, and Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson just look so good in it. And there were these, I believe the film's going to be, you know, in black and white, and these stills mm -hmm. were just absolutely gorgeous like you know like uh, i think they're shooting on film and it just the way like the you know it's a period piece and their outfits and it just looks it looks beautiful like just visually alone like you, i could you know put the movie on mute and just like be totally <laughs> set and be totally satisfied satisfied oh, yeah. by the visuals yeah. but um so i mean we've talked uh, you know like a decent amount of uh uh, f film and movies, but uh, anything new on the food front? I mean, you had so you had the second Cage Club uh, barbecue, and then I couldn't sure make did. it. I, I made one day. Um, I couldn't make the second one, and then recently I couldn't make. And I'm, I'm jealous because Brian again, Brian Rodriguez of High School Slumber Party, he sent you some Pat Lafrida uh, like hamburger. Yes, right? shout out to your show and to Pat Lafrida, but Brian as a he basically told me, he's like, I feel bad that I keep sending you episodes so late, so here are burgers. <laughs> he's and making good it, with, yeah. What it wound up being is that he bought the burgers and made me cook for him. So, like, that was, <laughs> it, it was kind of a win-win, I guess. But I was like, all right. Uh, again, they're, they're, they're the best burger that I ever made and through no benefit to myself. I just didn't mess them up. You know what I mean? Like, I salt gotcha. and peppered them, and that's all I did. And I just put them on the grill for, like, just the right amount of time and took them off, and they were delicious. So... Pat, I know you're not listening to this, but maybe you are, but delicious burgers. If you're out there, you know, if if the episode, the video episode and the podcast episode about Pat LaFrieda were not enough to get you on Team LaFrieda, you owe it to yourself to try yes. these burgers because they're, oh. they're expensive. They're, they're not like wildly expensive, but they're more expensive than a regular burger, but they are worth it. They are delicious. Yeah, if you want to, like, yeah, a good, like a real quality burger. I mean, th those guys, they make over 150 blends like a day for people you it's know crazy. They, it's it's crazy the different and you know you go there and just even in you know jersey city where i live i you know i'll you'll see on a menu people are very much more conscious now to like put on their menu lafrida beef you know yeah. uh so people know and there's this one place it's called worst bar like you know like a bratwurst mm -hmm. and uh and while they have i went there and i mean i've, I've had their amazing uh all their different sausages and stuff like that and they get really creative they had one called ducktails which was like a duck sausage <laughs> and it was really good but uh but they also have lafrida burgers there and i was talking with the owner and he was like oh yeah it took us like three months and he was like so patient with us and trying to figure out what exactly our blend's going to be in their burger ends up having i think it's like a little bit of like uh brisket in it too so they get really creative with all their uh with all their burger blends delicious so that's and you also and then i heard uh, and i missed some nutcrackers that day i think too. yeah you missed the uh the inaugural <laughs> day where brian introduced nutcrackers to mike Manzi's life and changed his life forever um <laughs> That is that's the thing that happened. But also, I, I think I told you guys about. I don't know if I really invited you because I didn't know if I was going to go, and then I wound up going. But my town, um, where I live, uh, downtown Somerville, New Jersey, uh, which is actually one of the tours. So you had the two women who do the uh, the food tours. You talked yes. to them yeah. on your episodes. They do a food tour here. I don't know where they stop, 
but they do a food tour in my town. So there's, you know, it's a smaller-ish town, but it's definitely on the rise. There's a lot of great restaurants here, and they do a, ta- a food town or food tour here. Um, but I think two or three times a year, a couple of restaurants that both have great beer on tap all the time do awesome. a craft beer festival. Oh, and cool, so yeah. Yeah, I remember you mentioning month, it, I think, like, last summer, but yeah, this one. Yeah, I think, because last summer, it was, the, the summer one, I think, was on the same weekend as my barbecue. So I was like, oh, I didn't know. So yeah, I had a couple people that's who went to that, yeah. and then stopped at my house on the way back. Um, okay. But yeah, I think it's, like, the last weekend in June, generally, and you pay $10 to get in, and you get, like, a little, you know, the, the, the souvenir cup or whatever. Yeah, tasting glass, and then yeah. pours are two or three or four bucks, you can get a, a pint for whatever it costs, but, oh, you know... Okay. There's a lot of delicious beer there. They have, like, their special beers, which is, like, the crazy, you know, there's, like, they had a lot of really delicious stouts and stuff. And then they have around, like, I didn't have a bad beer all day, but I feel like, I'm trying to say this in a way that doesn't make me sound pretentious, but I feel like because craft beer has gotten so good, Mm -hmm. I feel like, in in a way, sort of like, this is not exactly a direct metaphor, but sort of like Marvel movies. Like, it's hard to find a bad beer. Like, if people sort of (laughs) know know exactly what what you're saying. You can, but people know what they're doing. And so, especially with IPAs, which everybody has sort of become like the the beer, right? Like, people are just like, oh, I like IPAs. Um, I feel like a lot of them are really, really good, but it's hard to differentiate them from one another. Like, it's just like all, you know, on a scale, like on, on Untapped, which you had your... Your your beer buddy uh, talking about on this on this very fine podcast, um, I give like a lot of them are in like the the oh, just about the four out of five range. Like they're very good, but they're not standout, right? Yeah. And so, I've been trying to find other beers that really or different kinds of drinks like that, sort of in the beer family, that I'm able to find delicious stuff. And so you know, stouts, ciders, meads, stuff like that, were things where I haven't really dived too deeply and so this beer fest had a lot of great stouts had a lot of great meads and ciders and stuff like that and in addition to all the ipas and everything like that and you know more more sort of crushable if you will uh <laughs> drinkable you know lower yeah. lower alcohol beer which was good but the fact that like there's like there's this rise of kind of counter programming sort of to ipas where it's just delicious other stuff that's what i'm most excited about and they have this Beer Festival had some of that, and so I had some uh, very delicious beers there. Yeah, well, you know, like you said, drawing the comparison to Marvel movies and stuff like that, it's they've saturated the market so much with good stuff that it's made it less special. That's what oh, it yeah. comes. That's what it comes. And that's honestly, the, to go into a movie, that's what they realized. They even not nearly as much as Marvel, but that's what they realized they were doing with Star Wars. And so they started, you know, pumping the brakes right. as far as these in between stories. And then after this Skywalker, I forget how many more. It's going to be at least three years, I think, until the next trilogy. And I think that's the Benioff Weiss one. I think maybe. Uh, I, I think, I've sort of I, lost I, track. Like, again, like, yeah. I sort of, I just know that I'm going to see every Star Wars movie, right? Like, yeah, exactly. Like, I don't need yeah. to really anticipate them because I know that I, I'm going to be hit in the face with advertising. Even if I'm not watching trailers, I'm going to know it's coming out. So I'm just yeah. going to, I don't need to really keep it. But there's, yeah, there's going to be a trilogy, I think. And then... They've got their whole Disney Plus. They've got the uh, yes. Mandalorian mm-hmm. coming out. They've got another animated, or they're continuing Clone Wars. They've got a, I mean, they've got, yeah, like, a, I think... A, what was that resistant with Diego Luna and then his like K2SO and stuff like that. I think they're going to have a series. So there's going to be plenty of star Wars, but I think they realized in the film sense, cause it used to be, I mean, Hey, the, before 
all of this before Disney bought it. There were six films, and there were you know came out th- three years apart, you know from seventy seven to eighty three, and then three years apart, ninety nine to two thousand five, and then that was you know that was it it was a treat yeah. and it was yeah. <laughs> but now it's just, so i think yeah when it comes to beers you know i remember you kind of like you know it was still craft beer like when i started drinking or at least you know after i was 18 it was still even at 21 even once i could like you know legally drink I remember there being like when you know uh, this one brewery, Defiant, in Pearl River, New York, and that was near where Brian and I grew up. So like the summers when we were back from college, or once we graduated college, like that was like oh let's go to that brewery. It was like wow, like we're going to the place where they make the beer. Like that was such a so it's not like you know so in the past twenty one you know eleven years it's just crazy to see how many more breweries there are and just how much you know you go into. All you know, any like bigger liquor store, and just you know, you can make your own six pack because there's so many different types of craft beers. So yeah, like uh, you know, it was the IPAs for a while. Sours are getting bigger. So I I hear what you're saying when it comes to like the uh, you know porters and stouts and that, those kind of things. Since those haven't been ex- crazy expanded upon yet, so there's still ones that like really rise above the others. And I feel like what's the, the the most difficult part, and again, this is, you know, I guess a good problem to have is that when you go to the liquor store and you just want to find or, you know, like a, anywhere you buy beer. So sometimes, you know, in New Jersey, it's a little bit weird. You can't you can't really you, you sort of have to it's a separation of church and state here. Um, <laughs> but if you go to a liquor store like there's so there's so many beers. There's so many different kinds of beers and it's hard to figure out what to get. And especially as like four cans Cost like 16, 18, 20 bucks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And if you don't love that beer, that's a tall, that's a tall order. And like, I blind buy stuff every once in a while, but I also more often than not bring it home. I'm like, this is good, but I kind of wish that I didn't have spent eighteen dollars. Yeah, you know exactly. I mean? Spent that so money or had three more place, cans. Like it, you're yeah. saying, where you can make a six pack or make a four pack or whatever. Like that's how to try it, or you just go to a brewery and do tastings. But like, yeah, to spend. $18 on a beer that, like, has a good rating on Untapped or has, like, a little, you know, like the, the Beer Advocate, like, sticker in front of, like, some liquor stores have that, like, oh, 98 on Beer Advocate, or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's it's not an inexpensive way to try to, like, it's a it's a gamble, kind of. No, it definitely is. That's how that's how I always felt, like, since buying beer, like, you know, being, well, I mean, buying beer when I was younger and not even having tried some of the major brands yet, and, you know, like, I was just like, I don't know if I want to waste my money on it, so that's why I was just like, Yingling, I knew I liked Yingling for a while, so that just became, like, my go-to beer, but, uh, yeah, that's, like you said, like, making those six-packs, going going to the breweries, so to, you know, support your, your local breweries, and then also if you can find, like, by me uh, in Hoboken, I mean, there's places in Jersey City, too, but there's this great bar cork city um and they have i think at least 60 beers like on draft uh there's another place um oh god why shepherd head and the knuckle am i saying that not shepherd knucklehead i don't know one of those combinations (laughs) they've got like a hundred beers on draft so it's great to go to those places and like maybe if you can get you know i mean you don't want to be you don't want to be like uh i don't know if anyone has watched all stranger things yet but um 
the little girl go, going up and asking keep you know asking for a taste uh, test at the ice yeah, cream stand yeah. but yeah you don't want to be that person saying oh can i just get a taste of that beer you know like after i feel like after two or three that's like you know as much as you can do with that but uh you know if you buy a pint and you're like okay that was good or you know and, and and then you you know you can always and there's so many apps now i don't use them but when i had nate on he talked about uh untapped um, yeah untapped yeah mm-hmm. so like you can keep yeah all uh, all that written down and everything and know what you like and i'm just uh i mean i'm i'm pretty i'm pretty simple i'm not i'm not too adventurous these days but i mean maybe i am with sours but i just like sour <laughs> you know i think there's a there's also a um a little bit of a beer etiquette you get into where like I've gone out, you know, to with a friend to a bar that has a bunch of great beer on tap. And mm-hmm. he's like, I don't know how many tasters I should, I like, you know, you sit at a table or whatever. I'm like, well, you know what I do is like, I'll try a beer. Like if I'm not sure, I'll ask taste a beer. And like, you know, waiters are generally like, Oh yeah, sure. Absolutely. And whatever. And then I'll order a beer. And I feel like after you pay for a beer, I think then you sort of have the, I guess it's sort of a, a loosey goosey kind of thing, but like I think once you pay for beer, you can sort of be like, "Oh, can I try another one? Oh, I want to sure. get another beer, but I want to." But because you don't want to be yeah. the guy who's like just, "No, oh, taste, taste." Like you don't want to be the girl in Stranger Things. Like yes. you don't want to be like, "Oh, I think I want, like," and then walk away satisfied on all the free samples. But yeah. I feel like if you're able to blend the the free samples, or if you know places charge a dollar, you know whatever. Like if you're exactly. able to start, like combine that with the full pours. I think there's a there's absolutely like you should take advantage of that because there's so much out there and go by name alone, go by tap head alone, go by description or whatever. Like, just try things. You know, yeah. if, if the, the biggest lesson you learn in beer, your final question on gut instincts. You know, <laughs> just, yeah. just there's so much out there, and I feel like even if it's a style you don't know, you might like it. Like there's so much variation like within the world of sours or within the worlds of IPAs or whatever. Like even if you don't think you like that beer, if, if they're going to let you try a sample for free, go for it. Yeah, try it and ask questions. A lot of, you know, bartenders are stepping up their games and whether the menu has like a description, like you said, or you can say to them, it's very, it's very much, it's getting into the realm of, you know, what you just, the cliche of what you always think of like sommeliers, like, oh, this has a little bit of that and that. But since beers are becoming more complex, you are having people that are more passionate talking about it at your average bar. And so you can say, oh, I like, you know, I like lagers. I like, you know, a stout. And they can, and it's just like, okay, do you like a more mild? Do you like it more, you know, bitter? Any any of that stuff, any of those fun adjectives, you can throw it their way, and they'll, you know, again, give you at least a sample. Or worse comes to worse, you have a you have a pint, and, and then you never have to have that beer again. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, Joey, uh, what's what's new with the podcast? I mean, obviously, people should be, even though you ha- you haven't been on here in a while, people should be listening to all the shows of the Cage Club Podcast Network, and obviously all your shows. But please tell everyone what's going on with that. Well, I will first tease that I will be back on for a full episode probably next month, sometime. So yes. stick, stay tuned for that. Um, but every other Tuesday, for now, it's gonna eventually. I think it's gonna go weekly. But for now, every other Tuesday, Too Fast, Too Forever, which you and Brian were just on, we're talking about the Fast and Furious movies on repeat forever. So go check that out every other Tuesday. That was every... really fun. That was thank fun, you. Though. And and those thank and thank you for the sticker. I don't think I mentioned it on that episode. Oh, good. I'm glad a, that Brian that, got you the sticker. Yeah, that's right? a really it was cool a tall oh, order. But yes, actually, I'll ask you this right now on the record: Is there? So I'm going to Barcelona. 
San Sebastian, Lisbon, and Paris. None of those places has been in a Fast and Furious movie, right? I feel like Paris... I mean, Barcelona's obviously a big city, but Paris is just... Well, it's, it's Paris. Do you want me to put that sticker Ooh. in Europe? Or, do you, or you know... Well, if you put it... if I want you to bring it with you, keep it safe, and if you find okay. a perfect spot, stick it somewhere, take a picture, and I'll get you another one for yourself for home. Uh, okay, yes, but, deal. I know, because these are not like the Cage Club stickers. Like, these literally <laughs> cost 25 times what a Cage Club sticker costs. No, they, they're um, very cool. We should, they're not, I'll, They're not, I'll, like, I'll, expensive. Like, it's a, it's like a 77-cent sticker or whatever. Yeah, considering I'll, I'll, the Cage Club sticker cost two or three pennies. Yeah. Um, I don't want to give you, like, a stack to just put around. But put it in a perfect place. Take a picture. Uh, send it to us, and then I will get you one for your personal collection so you can uh, wear it loud and proud in New Jersey. Awesome. Um, every Friday with Mike Manzi, who's been on here a bunch, uh, we will we talk about the Tom Tom Club. It's Tom Hanks, Tom Cruise, alternating every Friday, finally getting to the great part of Tom Hanks's career, still firmly in the great part of Tom Cruise's career, which is basically his entire career. I was um, on for a cocktail, not exactly a highlight, but a... Uh... Movie takes a turn for. <laughs> but considering that's one of his like two or three worst movies so far out of fifteen, and that oh, movie's still very watchable. Like yes. that's a compliment. Oh no, it definitely is. Yeah, he's got. I mean, he's got such an amazing career. But it is interesting to see that it took a while for Tom Hanks to you know rev up, which is not unlike our main man Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh yeah. And like I think like a lot of people like it's it's rare like Cage and Cruise I think are the only two that Mike and I have done where it's like oh wow out of the gate you are on fire right like it's just wow but Keanu took time to get going Charlize took time to get going Hanks took time to get going Zac Efron like everybody that we've done <laughs> there's a lot of stuff where like I what what is this why are you in like I understand why you're in this but like why are you in this um, and the last thing I'm gonna plug here is this is maybe the first official place that I'm plugging it that isn't Too Fast, Too Forever. But Ooh, getting the scoop. When Joe 2 and I decided to take fast, Too Fast, Too Forever from a monthly show to every two weeks, we really kind of put on semi-hiatus, like, to use a food term, uh, to use a food term on the back burner, um, <laughs> we really cranked down the velocity of Magic Mike's and Boyfriend Material, which is our Channing Tatum and our Ryan Gosling podcast. But... Joe has felt super motivated lately, and he wants to get these off his mind. So he and I have been blowing through Ryan Gosling movies. Um, so starting next Thursday, August first, Boyfriend Material has become a weekly podcast, and so it's going to we're going to go through the last fifteen or so, fifteen or twenty movies that we have not released yet, and oh. sort of in the next two or three or four months, get them all out there. So every Thursday, starting August first. We're going to do a Boyfriend Material Ryan Gosling podcast, so go Love check that out. And then eventually, yeah. once we do all that, then we're going to do the same thing with Channing Tatum, and then we're going to sort of leave our future open to Too Fast, Too Forever exclusively. But a lot of Boyfriend Material, it's, just going to be, it's basically just going to be me and Joe, because it's easy. We can just you know do it whenever whenever we're around. No real mm -hmm. guests, but it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of goofiness, a lot of games that we play on there, and a lot of Ryan Gosling admiration, which I know that you share, too. We, I mean, who doesn't love Big Daddy Goz? Yeah. He's the best. 
He really is. He's just an amazing, seems like an all-around amazing person. Just, like, nice when you meet him in person. Like, and he's like does, like, selfless acts, it seems like. He seems like a very attentive uh, husband and father. And then he's just a gorgeous man that's incredibly talented. So I should hate him because oh, he's yeah. everything. But also, it's hard to hate him. I mean, there's yeah. there's rumors, and I don't know how true these are. I think, I think it's pretty true that Ava Mendez has semi-retired from acting. You know, I don't know if if you're equating actors to, I don't know why I'm making all these weird metaphors today, to like volcanoes, I don't think she's extinct, but I think she's definitely dormant right now. Like she's yeah. focusing full-time on being a mom. But I've seen a lot of things pop up and they're sort of gossipy rags. I don't know if they're actually true, but there's also rumors that Gosling might be in that same kind of not quite acting anymore. Because there's nothing on his IMDb, there's nothing that has, oh. you know, since he did First Man last year there's nothing else there's no projects he's been attached to so i don't know if he's just taking some time off i don't know if he also is just focusing on being a dad which i think it seems like he is but you know the 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 other thing is that you know for gosling just like we did for zach efron with me and joe too we're starting new and working our way back and so we're about 15 movies in or whatever and there are so many good movies like even if you like, he doesn't do a ton. Like He does like maybe one or two a year, which I guess is like a normal, healthy amount for an actor. But yeah. there's so many good movies, even if ones like you haven't seen. Like For the most part, we're back in 2008-ish right now, and there's been one or two that have not been good. But like all the other ones are good. So, sad that he's no longer really acting, but there's lots of good stuff for you to check out out there. So go check out Boyfriend Material, listen to us babble about nonsense, and <laughs> maybe find a new Gosling movie you'll love. Awesome. Yeah. So guys, always remember to check out uh, cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. So many great shows on it. And it all started because of this guy we're talking with, Joey Lewandowski, and of course, uh, Mike Manzi, all starting it with Cage Club, the OG podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, thank you so much for coming on, Joey, and I look forward to recording, uh, like I said, we'll, uh, record that when I get back from my, uh, Europe trip. Well, I know my, that I will talk my... to you before on Facebook, but have a great trip, and I'm looking thank forward you. to hearing all about it, both in person and via Facebook Messenger, but also, I'm sure, over and over again on this podcast. Yes, exactly, over and over again, because I just, uh, I do repeat myself a lot. So, well, anyway. You know, I, I, I just, I, I, I know that we're wrapping up, but I just, you know, joked about with you and Brian about, like, when you guys went to Austin, like, we heard about it on, like, eight podcasts. It was, like, on his show, and on Hoffman, and on this yeah, show. Oh, yeah, like, exactly. Like, I know you're sharing to sort of different audiences, but it's like, yeah, we get it. We we know that you went to Austin, but it's also, like, you've had, like, delicious food and delicious beer and a good time, and so I'm sure that whatever you're doing over in Europe, you're going to have the same thing, a good time, good food, good beer, so I can't wait to hear about it, you know, see some videos, I hope from it and uh all just relive like live with you on your european vacation uh via foodie films exactly just more and more saturation of the market <laughs> <laughs> well on that note guys uh as i do on these short order sessions i'll remind you that there's more to cut thanks joey thank you yummy 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 i got love in my tummy and i feel like i'm loving you love you such a sweet thing.